I got a lot of positive feedback on the shear that we dropped having to do with the laws of Mechamer and Shvises Behemto when one's animal having it work for you on Shabbos versus having it rest. So I thought, why not drop another shear on the laws of Hanukkah, a special shear, a bonus shear for Hanukkah. So I want to discuss today the laws of Mahadrin, Mahadrin, Minna Mahadrin, this concept that shows up in Hilchas Hanukkah that's unparalleled perhaps elsewhere in all of Halacha, and that is that unlike other areas where, yes, we do have a concept of Hidr Mitzvah, which we'll get to more in depth in a minute, here it seems we take it to a whole new level or adding entire elements or perhaps a whole new way in which we can perform a mitzvah in order to perform it in the mehadrin, not just in the most optimal way, but the most enhanced way. So the question I want to ask is, what exactly is mehadrin? What does it mean to have mehadrin, min mehadrin, an enhanced way of performing the laws of Hanukkah? Why is it separate and special just for here? What exactly is going on here? And interestingly, through a little journey going to figure out what exactly is Mahajim in a Mahajim, we're going to actually do a survey of almost nine different areas in Hilchas Hanukkah. So in a way, we'll utilize this question of what is Mahajrin to survey some of the broader themes and broader halachos that deal with the laws of Hanukkah and particularly the laws of Menorah. Now, there are a lot of Sfarim which uh, I was using in order to put this together, kind of in my own, just I was, I was, Oh, as I was keeping score and keeping track, as I was learning Hilchas Hanukkah of different nafkaminas and different ramifications and ideas that had to do with Mahadrin. So, uh, uh, Daniel Feldman, my Rebbe, in his Sefer Bina B'Svarim, has a wonderful essay on this. Nimishnes Yaivitz, or Sal Zolti, has a wonderful essay on this. Yeruchim Olshin, in his Sefer, uh, Yerech Lamadim, he has a uh, uh, piece on this. The Rav has a lot on this. There's just a lot out there. But it, this morning, I opened up Rav Eliyav Silverman, who is a a, um, a Magid Shir and a Sholem Meshiv in Gros. I had the privilege of sitting next to him in the Gros Kol Yushalayim, the privilege of sitting next to him for a year and learning a tremendous amount, not just from his Torah, but from his perspective on things. So he has a Sefer called Meshiv Nefesh. It's a third volume that came out about a year ago. I'm not sure if it's for sale in the United States, but it's on Hilkos Moadim. And what he did was took all these ideas that I had been thinking about plus a lot more, and he put it into one beautiful, amazing, really organized essay. Where And the theme of his Sefer, really, is the style of his Sefer, excuse me, is where he'll ask a Chakira, he'll ask a conceptual question, he'll give many nafkaminas, and through that as well, you will get an overview of whatever topic he's talking about. So the bulk of this is really going to be structured the way the Meshav Nefesh, or Silverman, brings it down. He has nafkaminas that I didn't, I'm not going to touch for time's sake, and because uh, there, some of them may just be beyond what I wanted to cover. And then I have some of my own nafkaminas in here, some of my own ideas in here that I saw from elsewhere. So let us begin. The starting point is the Gemara and Shabbos and Daf Chav Aleph Amid Beis. Gemara and Shabbos Daf Chav Aleph Amid Beis says as follows. This is in Mesech Shabbos, as we know we're discussing Mesech Shabbos because in the Mishnah Yom we discussed, that's where the laws of, uh, in the laws of Hilcha Shabbos, of, of kindling lights on Shabbos, the Gemara ends up going on a tangent, or not a tangent, discussing what can be used for, what, what can be used for the Shabbos lights, and now what can be used for the Hanukkah lights, and as actually we'll see in a few moments, there's going to be, uh, not just overlap, but there's a lot of interaction in these two sugyos, between what can be used for Hanukkah and what can be used for Shabbos. So Tan Rabbanon says the Gemara, if you open up the Gemara, what is the mitzvah, the obligation, and the only obligation 
celebration on Hanukkah, Ner Ish Ubeso, one candle per per one per one candle in a house, one candle in a house. It's cryptic in a way, but it what it seems to say is each house needs to have one candle in its window. Vaham Hadrin, one who wants to go beyond that, one who wants to enhance the mitzvah, Ner Lekol Echad Echad. Each person should get their own candle, seeming to say seeming to say that if you have five members of a house, so each person kindles a light, or maybe not that way, maybe the Balabayas, the owner of the house, will kindle a light for each of the members of his house, kind of think there's a minhug, a custom that's developed that many people, many women on Friday night will kindle a light, not just two lights for Shabbos, for Shammar, for Zachar, but actually a light for each family member, each of their children. Where did that come from? Not for now, but it's not really found in the, it's not found in the Gemara. But this might be the closest we'll find to it. If each member of the house gets a light on Hanukkah. Oh, you want to be even more from, you want to be even more, uh, take, take this a step further. Mahadrin, mina mahadrin, you want to be extra, extra punctilious, or more than that, you want to enhance this at the most. So we're not going to get into the debate of Beisham and Beis Hillel here, but suffice it to say, you're going to light not you're going to light a candle for each night of Hanukkah. So it's not that you're lighting one candle; you're not lighting one for each member of the house, but rather you're going to light a candle for each night of Hanukkah. Now, there's a very famous machlokus between Tosfos and the Rambam here. How exactly? Well, one machlokus is how do we look at the interaction? between Mahadran and Mahajan and Mahadran, are they related? Is one an enhancement of the other, or are they two separate planes? We're not going to get there. I just want to throw that out there for your own thinking. But the very famous Machlokas Tosos and the Rambam, which we're going to go into in depth in just a moment, is this that Bishamay slash Basilo hold. This that they say, you want to be extra Mahajan and a Mahadran Jew, you light a candle for each night of Hanukkah, is that, again, I guess this actually deals a little bit with what we just said, the interaction of Mahajan and Mahajan and Mahajan. So this day you light a, a candle for each night of Hanukkah. Is that to say that after you decide to light one candle? You're like, actually, I want to do more. I'm not going to light a candle for each member of my house. You say, no, I actually want even more than that. I'm going to light a candle. Each member of my house is now going to light a candle corresponding to the night of Hanukkah. Meaning to say, as the Rambam says, that if you have 10 members of your house, it's not that you're going to have 10 lights, but if it's, it's night number three, you're going to have 30 lights because each person is going to have their own menorah kind of like we have nowadays in most houses. Each member of the house gets a menorah, and each member of the house then lights that menorah, kindles the light corresponding to the night of Hanukkah. This is the Psak in the world of Ashkenaz based off the Rambam. Whereas Tosfos says no. Tosfos says that if each member of the house were to light a candle, and then you want to go extra, Mahadrin, Minna, Mahadrin, and each member were to light a candle as well, corresponding to the night, and you have 30 candles in the window, he said you're going, you're going, or they say you're going to lose the effect of the Mahadrin. Why? Because it's going to be very unclear. The Lushan of Tosfos is as follows. Tosfos says, Nilulari, this is there on the page, Beishamah's Hill, Lokaim El Aner Ishu Beiso, Shekin Yesh Yose Hidder, the Ika Hekera Kushan Mosavoloch, Omuchusser, Shekinega Yaman and Lechasim, Oyotsim. It says as follows that if each, what's the Hidder here? That's, that's the better way to put it. What's the hitter here? What's the, again, hitter, I'm, I'm going to stop translating. I mean, what's the enhancement here? Last time I'll say it. What's the enhancement here? What's the hitter here? It's that when your person looks in the window of your house, they will see, oh, it's the third night of Hanukkah. Oh, it's the fourth night of Hanukkah. And if we'll, we'll possibly miss Hill here, so like, the miracle of Hanukkah went one day further. The miracle of Hanukkah went two days further. It went three days further. The candles, they lit for four nights, for five nights, for six nights. And therefore, 
the whole idea is, the whole hinder is that you are portraying and publicizing pursuing Nisa for the world to see. Look at this miracle. Look how each night of Hanukkah, it continues to grow and get augmented and become more pursuing Nisa. Another reason to say halal, another reason to sing and say shiros v'sishbachos to Hashem. This is the position of Eshama, of, of Tosfos. Therefore, says Tosfos, if you were to follow the Rambam and every member of the house were to light a menorah, and on every menorah they'd write to the, according to the night that it corresponds to. So if someone were to look at your window, they wouldn't see four lights and saying, oh, the miracles now lasted four days. They'll see 40. Or, or, or they'll, see, they'll see more than that corresponding to every member of the house. And then it just looks like one big light in the window. You can't, if there's no hekera there, there's no, there's no way to, re- to recognize exactly what's going on here. People just see a lot of candles. And it's not at all corresponding to the fact that the miracle is increasing. They just see a lot of light. So therefore it says Tosva so powerfully. That Kishemosef um, Veholech. He says, he says if each... If, one member of the house, only there's only one menorah in the window, and each night you see an additional candle, then yesh yoser hider. There's more of a hider. There's more of an enhancement to ikahekera, because it's very clear and obvious that, that as you go on, as nights go on, you're publicizing the miracle even more. So Tosfus is of the opinion. To say it once very clearly, Tosfus says, what is the mitzvah of Hanukkah? The first night, the, the, the first level is Neru Shebeso, one light in the window. Vahamahadrin, you want to enhance that? Each member of the house gets a light. Vahamahadrin, minimahadrin, you want to be extra, extra careful. You, you want to add on the most. What's the mitzvah? That there's one menorah in the window, and on each night of Hanukkah, as the nights go on, you increase the lights corresponding to that night of Hanukkah. Azoizok, this is the position of Tosvos. And by doing so, you are portraying and showing to the world how the mitzvah is growing, how the, how the, how the miracle was growing, how the miracle became so much more at each passing day. The Rambam fundamentally disagrees. And the Rambam says, no, not so fast. Rather, and you'll see the Rambam therefore sees that there's a step, it, it's, a, it's a clear pr- pr- a progression here. First night, for, excuse me, first level, one candle in the window. Second level, each member of the house gets a candle. Third level, each member of the house gets their own menorah. And then as the days of Hanukkah go on, so do we, we increase the candles we put in the window. Let's now put this famous machlokas of Tosfos and Rambam on hold for a few moments. Comes along Rabbi Nechanano, and he's going to clarify exactly what do we mean when we keep on saying Mahadrin. Mahadrin, Mahadrin, Mahadrin. So Rabbi Nechanano says, you want to know what Mahadrin is? I'll tell you what Mahadrin is. This is, this is found there on the page. Rabbi Nechanano, sorry, I just, I just lost it here. <clears throat> Give me one second. Says Rabbi Nechanano, Hamahadrin Acha. Um, excuse me, I'm sorry, I keep on losing this here. Pirish Hamahadrin. What does Mahadrin mean? What does it mean to enhance? Mahadari mitzvah kamim, but become lahadri mitzvah tashlish mitzvah. That we're supposed to enhance a mitzvah by going up to a third more than the mitzvah. Again, a little cryptic. So, if you look in Rashi, Rashi seems to take a page out of Rabbi Nechanano's interpretation. Mahadrin. Achar mitzvos, being to say one who is someone who runs after mitzvos and wants to enhance their mitzvos. Meaning to say as follows again, one who's mahader achar mitzvos, one who goes after mitzvos, who strives to perform mitzvos, not just in the way in which that one fulfills the obligation, but the most optimal way. 
Now, what again are we getting at? So this is the concept of Hidr Mitzvah. The Pasuk tells us, and we say this every day in the, in the Shira, Zekkeli v'anveyu, this is my God, and I will beautify him. Zok the Gemara says the Gemara in Shabbos, Andaf kuf lam and gimel amid beis. Tanya, Zekkeli v'anveyu, hisnal of mitzvos. How do you beautify God? You beautify God by making the mitzvos more beautiful. Don't just make a, a sukkah out of some straps and using perhaps the, the all the heterim and, and make it beautiful. Lulav na. Yeah, you can get the, the plan B lulav. You can get the plan C lulav. Get the A one. Get the mahudr one. Get the most beautiful lulav. The straight one. The one that's green. The chauffeur na. Get a beautiful chauffeur. Tzitzis na. Sefer Torah na. Meaning to say as follows. That, and we know this is true. There's always multiple tiers, multiple levels in terms of the beauty you can get. Yeah, of course the chauffeur, you hear the sound, you're Yotze. But get a beautiful looking chauffeur, now you've beautified the mitzvah, Zekeli van Vehu. This is the concept of Hidr Mitzvah. And what is Rabbeinu Hananel slash Rashi, what are they doing? They're invoking this concept here, meaning to say that when this whole Gemara talks about Mahadrin, Mahadrin and Mahadrin, all we're doing is, again, it's, it's, it might be interesting why we, 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 we do it a little differently here, but this is just another manifestation of Hidr Mitzvah. The same way we say you have a Sukkah Na, a beautiful Sukkah, and a Lulav Na, have a Chanukah Na. What's Chanukah Na? Add an extra candle, or add a candle for each member of the house, or add a candle for each each night corresponding to the night of Hanukkah. Meaning to say again, I want to be very clear about this: that it's seemingly Rabbi Hananel and Rashi see that the mitzvah of Mahadrin, Mahadrin, and Mahadrin is part and parcel of this very institution that we have on Kola Torah Kula in the rest of the Torah of Hidur Mitzvah. Hidur Mitzvah. Why am I being so? particular and specific about this because if you look in the Rambam, the Rambam disagrees. And this is found in the Mishnah's Yaivitz, or B'tzal Zolti points this out beautifully in Simon Samach Dalit. He says as follows, the, if you look in the Rambam, it says, Zok the Rambam, how many candles does one light on Hanukkah? Mitzvah says she call base uh, so again, as our Gemara said, the actual mitzvah at its base levels, each house has one. Um, um, whether you have a lot of people in the house or little people in the house. One, v'hadar es mitzvah one who wants to enhance the mitzvah, madlik neiros kaminyan, anche habayis, neir lecholechad v'yechad. So then you write a candle for each member of the house. Ben anashim anashim, v'hadar yoser alzeh, you want to go beyond this, otzim mitzvah in a mubchar, do it in the most optimal way, madlik neir lecholechad v'elayla rishon, umosim v'holech v'olayla v'olayla neir echad. And you write one, each member of the house gets their own menorah and lights corresponding to the nights. And by the way, the um the, uh, the Ram goes on to say, therefore, and he says he does the math for you. So if you have thirty people in the house, you have thirty candles in the window on, on night number three. Says the Mishnayivitz, what we're going to see right now is a fundamental disagreement about how to understand the mitzvah of Mahadrin. According to Rashi and Rabbeinu Hananel, as we've stressed already, it's an extension, it's a manifestation, if you will, of the general principle of Hidr Mitzvah. You have a nice lulav, you have a nice. Menorah. How do you have a nice menorah? Not just the base of it. You have a nice menorah by in increasing the amount of lights you have in the window. And we can discuss later why here we may enhance it a, a little bit. Rabbi Salvejik has a very nice idea. I mentioned the parashah here, which is on the uh, podcast. The Rambam says no. This, that there's a concept of mahadrin, and mahadrin and a mahadrin is fundamentally different than hidr mitzvah. Nothing to do with hidr mitzvah. Rather, it's part of the institution of Hanukkah. 
when Chazal came along and said, here is the here is Hanukkah, and from now on you have to light a Hanukkah menorah every year, they also built into that the concept of Hidr Mitzvah, totally separate, sui generis, nothing to do with the general concept of Hidr Mitzvah called Tarakula. It's its own unique category of Hidr, of, of Mahadrin, Mahadrin and Mahadrin, its own unique category. Which is why, by the way, if you look at the Gemara Shabbos, says the Rizalti, the Gemara Shabbos gives you multiple examples. Sukkana, Lulavna, Shofarna, Tzitzitna, Sefertorna. It leaves out Hanukkah. Why? Because it's not about Hidr Mitzvah. It's, we're not learning from the Pasuk of Zek, Kelev, and You should go and beautify God you, that you should have, therefore, more candles. In fact, it makes a lot of sense. Again, almost Rashi is the one who, who has, to, who has to be, who's on the defense here. Because if you look at the other cases, there what we're doing is enhancing the Chefsa. We're enhancing a nicer Sukkah, a nicer Lulav, a nicer Shofar, a nicer pair of Tzitzis, a nicer Sefer Torah. Whereas here, it's not that we're having a nicer menorah, we're increasing and adding the candles that we're, at, we're, that we're, we're, we're kindling. So, to, so Rambam is of the opinion, Rambam is of the opinion that we're talking about a totally different category. Not one of Hidr Mitzvah, but rather a category of Mahadrin, which exists only, only, by, by, by the mitzvah of, the mitzvah of Hanukkah. I say only with a little asterisk, Mishnah Javits ends off his essay and says it might also exist by, exist by Arba Kosos. But we're probably not going to get back to that. So you can ask me in person and I will tell you. And also, the Mishnah Javits points out, like he does very often, he says that it's actually very Meduyuk in the Rambam. If you read the Rambam and Rashi carefully, you'll notice that they formulate the concept of Hidr Mitz, of Mahadrin, excuse me, differently. What does Rashi say? Hamahadrin. One, what is Mahadrin? One who is Mahadir Acher Mitzvos. It's about the Gavra. It's about the individual. You are someone who wants to perform Mitzvos in an optimal level. So wherefore, whether we're talking about the Mitzvah of Shofar, or Lulav, or Menorah, here is how you do it. With Lulav, it's this way. With Shofar, it's this way. And with Menorah, which is our topic, Menorah, which is our topic, it's Mahadrin or Mahadrin in a Mahadrin. HaMahadr Achar Mitzvos. Talking about Beklali. Beklal. One who likes going after the Mitzvos in general. What does Tosfos say? When we're talking about when one wants to be a hader, enhance this mitzvah, this mitzvah of Hanukkah, meaning to say nothing to do with the mitzvah of all the other places we apply hader mitzvah. One who wants to enhance this mitzvah, this is how you do it. Mahadrin or Mahadrin mina Mahadrin. So we see right here that there's a fundamental debate between Tosfos and Rambam. Tosfos thinks and and Rashi, excuse me, Rashi and Rabbeinu Hananel, and we'll see them in the minute Tosfos, which is why I just said that. Rashi and Rabbeinu Hananel seem to think that it's a din and hinder mitzvah, which applies across the board. Whereas Tosfos thinks says no, it's not a din and hinder mitzvah, but rather it's a din. Excuse me, the Rambam says rather it's a din in the the way in which we instituted the laws. Of, of, of Hanukkah. That part of Hanukkah is there's multiple ways to perform it. Option one, Option two, Mahajan, Option three, Mahajan, Mina Mahajan, you light one correspond to each night of the week. I'll point out just to start as we begin to begin. So, what's a Nafkamino? Who cares? Who cares? Okay, and two nice ways of looking at it. So, as again, we'll see many Nafkaminos, but the way Ray Salvagic formulates it is according to in a different, a little bit of a different context, according to Rashi, so what you have here is a bunch of candles. The first candle, obviously, is your, your is your, is your, is your mitzvah. That's how you perform your mitzvah. You fulfill your mitzvah by lighting one candle. Afterwards, you can add it and enhance it. According to the Rambam, perhaps one can say, and I'm going to use this language with, and I'm not going to ex- explain what I mean right away. But according to the Rambam, perhaps one can say 
that that when you light the first candle, you're, you're you're performing your mitzvah, but you're still performing your mitzvah. You light the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth and sixth and seventh and the eighth candle because those two now take on because it's built into the takana, built into the, to the institution of menorah is hidder is the hidder mitzvah mahadrin. So the other candles take on the properties of being neros Hanukkah in the sense that they, they too are how you perform your mitzvah. So it's not just like the first candles. What is? It's not just the first candles. That's when you perform your mitzvah. But it's when you light the second, third, and fourth, you're also performing your mitzvah. Now I know that was cryptic. So bear with me. It's all going to make sense as we start giving nafkaminas. So nafkamina number one. This one is found. Um, I don't even remember who said this. In one of this farm I saw, nafkamina number one is that perhaps one can say, and we'll utilize the machlok as we've been discussing, between Rambam and Tosfos. The Machlogus Rambam and Tosfos, we said they were argued over what is the din of Mahadrim and Mahadrim. Tosfos said it's to have one can, one candelabra, one menorah in the window, and one person lights it, one corresponds to each night, and that's how you're Mahadrim the mitzvah, you enhance the mitzvah, because anyone looking at it will see, oh, clear, obvious, it's recognizable that you're lighting three candles because the nace has gone on for three days. You're lighting four candles and went on for four days. Whereas if you follow Ramam's opinion, where each member of the household gets to light a candle corresponding to each night of the week, so, week of Hanukkah, so Tosvah says you haven't, you haven't accomplished anything. There's no hinder there because anyone looking at the window will just see a bunch of candles in the window. Well, perhaps one can say as follows. According to Tosvos, Tosvos is looking at this through the classical classic lenses, the classic glasses of Hidr Mitzvah, like Rashi and Arena Hanano. And therefore, Hidr Mitzvah, how do you beautify something? When it's clear and recognizable, when you have a beautiful looking esrog, where everyone can say, oh, wow, look at that beautiful esrog. Look how that person's performing a beautiful mitzvah of shaking the lulu of Nesrog. How do you have a beautiful Sefer Torah? So it's clear and obvious. It looks beautiful. It's a very, it's something that's very much uh, contingent and totally on what the eye sees. What it's easy to be, what can, you can easily discern. Zekhele van Veyu, beauty is, you know, in, in the eye of the beholder, but beauty is also when you can clearly see it. It looks beautiful. So Tos was saying, if we're talking about Zekhele van Veyu, we're talking about Hitler Mitzvah, it has to be clear and apparent that you're Mahad of the Mitzvah. If it's not clear and apparent, so you've just totally lost the point of Hitler Mitzvah. You can't say, oh yeah, this Esther, which is brown, it's beautiful. What do you mean it's beautiful? It's not beautiful. End of story. So you can't say, oh yeah, you got Hitler Mitzvah. I lit a million lights. Hitler Mitzvah for what? What are you trying to show? You're trying to show that each night, as the night of Hanukkah goes on, so did the mitzvah increase. So did the miracle increase. Well, you, if that's not clear and obvious, so you've defeated the purpose. And therefore, Tosfus has taken the position of its classical hitter mitzvah. And since it's, classical, it's a classical case of hitter mitzvah, it has to be clear and obvious. So only one menorah in the window. And each night, you light one corresponding to the lights going upwards. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. Whereas according to the Rambam, the Rambam might say, no, this has nothing to do with the classic of Hitter Mitzvah. As we pointed out, the Rambam is saying, no, this is a special din in Mahadran. And it has nothing to do with whether you can discern it or not discern it or see it or not see it or can tell by looking at the window what night of Hanukkah it is. That day is that everyone is getting involved and everyone's excited and everyone's enhancing the Mitzvah because they are, they are all individually lighting a, a candle per night for themselves, showing themselves how the mitzvah, how the miracle increased. So nafkamina number one between Tosfos and the Rambam, we'll see they're get, they're going to get uh, finer, if you will. But nafkamina number one is according to Tosfos, the reason why you can only have one candle is because it has to be one candelabra, one menorah in the window is because it has to be clear and recognizable. You're doing it for the hider purposes. Hider means you can see it. 
Whereas Rambam's like, this is not a din and hitter mitzvah like in Zechariah and Veo, like Shabbos and Daf, Kuflama Gimel, and the rest of Torah. In fact, it's not even, doesn't even show up in Kuflama Gimel, as the Mishnah's pointed out. Rambam's saying, no, this is a special din. It's of Mahandran, which has to do with the individual, I and mean, you lighting it yourself, and therefore, and therefore, you can, everyone in the house, you can have a thousand people in the house, and they all have their own menorah, and they all light on the uh, third night, and you have a thousand candle lights in the window. Big whoop! For every individual, even though from the guy outside it looks like it's night a thousand, a thousand or three thousand of Hanukkah, but for the individuals they know what they're doing. So that is Nafkamina number one. Let's move on. Nafkamina number two. So this is actually um, fascinating. They're all fascinating, if you ask me. The Rambam says mitzvahs near Hanukkah. This is found in Parak Dalid. Um, uh, towards the end, the mitzvah is near Hanukkah, mitzvah chavivu him admod. It's a very chaviv. It's a very special mitzvah. We talked in another context why that might be, because the, the, the day of Hanukkah, near Hanukkah, for the Rambam is actually another way of saying Hallel. That's it's part of the way of saying Hallel, perhaps. We say Hallel in the morning, we light the candles in the afternoon, but it's really the same mitzvah. Okay, fine. Mitzvah near Hanukkah, mitzvah chaviva hi adm od. V'tzarach adam lizar ba k'day laodiya ha'neis l'hosif b'sheva ha'kel v'odaya Allah ha'nisim sh'asalana. A person must be extra careful. An extra lizah uh, here, uh, careful about making sure they can perform this mitzvah, which is why when one travels on Hanukkah, you have all these questions, when should you light? Well, I think the first question should be, am I traveling in a way in which it allows me to perform the mitzvah of Hanukkah? Now, I just saw uh, someone showed me uh, on, well, I, so I got a WhatsApp, a picture in Ben-Gurion Airport. They actually have candles there for those who are traveling. Okay. I feel ain't lo ma'al This is where it gets very interesting. The mitzvah of Hanukkah is so, care- so special that even one who does not, does not have anything to eat and they have to go to the tzedakah, they have to go to the gabba tzedakah and shawl, then they say, please give me money. Oh, they have to sell the shirt off their back. They have to do so. The obligation of Neres Hanukkah engenders an obligation to beg for tzedakah money or even sell the shirt off your back. And this is in contrast to every other mitzvah where we have a con- where we where they are made at the kana and usha that one does not spend more than one fifth of their money on mitzvahs asays and positive positive commandments. So the question is, why is it? Why is it, therefore, well, it's, the question is twofold. Question number one is, why are we so uh, extra, why are we so extra makbid here that a person light the Hanukkah candle so much so we make you sell the shirt off your back? And by the way, the only other uh, analog case to this is we make you do the same, beg for money when it comes to abracosos, which comes back to what I mentioned a few moments ago uh, about there's a, cor- a correlation in our relationship between the abracosos and the halakas neiros. We'll see, we'll see a third one soon. I'm being a little cryptic on that, but you can ask me. But the question is as follows. Um, question, question number one is why, and question number two is this that we make you sell, your shirt, or beg for money, is it on just candle number one, which is Ner Ishubesa, which is the, the bare minimum obligation, or even on the Mahajan and Mahajan and Mahajan? And you can ask this question two different ways. Question, one way to ask it is, does a person have to go and beg in order to not just have ca- enough money for one candle, but have for seven candles if it's a seven night? And number two is, does the, uh, do, do I ha- do a, uh, the, the Gaba Tzedakah have to give him money? Or can he say, look, there are other people who need money. You could fulfill your obligation. You need money more than you. You could fulfill your obligation technically by one candle, which I'll give you 25 cents for. I'm not giving you the rest, the rest of the money to buy seven other candles. You don't need that. You can fulfill your obligation with the bare minimum. So the question is, when the Ram, this is that the Ramam says, a person has to sell their clothes and go beg. And it's not Ramam saying it's alone. He's getting this from the Gemara. This is the, the obligation is one to go and get tzedakah. 
in order to fulfill the obligation, is it on just the bare minimum, the uh, first candle, or is it even on candles of the Mahajan and Mahajan and Mahajan as well? Now, let's answer Rishon, Rishon, Ve'achron, Why is it that why is it that Ner Hanukkah, you have to go to such extremes in order to, to uh, perform the mitzvah? And I think we, once we're on this topic, we can also ask, why is it that by Ner Hanukkah, you know, let's leave it at that for now. So I think one approach could be that what's going on here, similar to the Arbacosos, it's a din in pursuing Nisa. We're trying to publicize the nace, and one can make the following argument or better advance the following claim, and this is what Ray Silverman does in a footnote, and that is that pursuing Nisa, it could it could emerge from a din halal, one has an obligation to thank, to thank Hashem, but it also could be a kiyom, a fulfillment of the obligation of Kiddush Hashem, of sanctifying God's name, which is the most important mitzvah. And once we're talking about Kiddush Hashem, so then we may exceed the regular rules of not spending more than a fifth of your money. Okay, now, the question is, as we said, that for our for our purposes, what this that one has to go to get money from Stucco or sell the shirt off their back. We'll just use the first analogy because it's shorter. Go go to Stucco. Does one have does one have to and is one allowed to even ask for Stucco for the Mahadran and Mahadran and Mahadran um, Neros? Says the Or Sameach, was the super commentary on the Rambam. If you look carefully at the Rambam, the Rambam seems to imply. Based off a uh, careful read, Shaul, he says this would apply even towards the um, towards the uh, towards the Mahadran as well. Meaning not just the first candle, which is your bare obligation, bare minimum ob- obligation, but even for the candles as well. Resalvage takes it a step further and says, "One minute, you buy oil. Well, oil doesn't work unless you have a receptacle to hold the oil." So therefore, says the Rebbe Salvage, this would extend even to the cups to hold the shemen. One can go and beg for tzedakah, and one has an obligation to give tzedakah so that someone can fulfill their obligation. Meaning to say, according to the Rambam, because we don't look at mahadran as a din and hider mitzvah, but rather we look at it as a new way of approaching the law, a new way of approaching Hilchas Hanukkah, the, the way in which the Chazal were instituted, the Mitzvah of Hanukkah, they said that if you want to do Mahadran or Mahadran in Mahadran, that's not just an enhancement, but rather what you're doing is you're turning these new candles, candle number two and three and four, to be part of the very Mitzvah of Hanukkah itself. Not just an enhancement, an add-on, an appendage, but actually this is part of the Mitzvah of Hanukkah itself. We're transforming these candles from being just Candle number one, mitzvah. Candle number two, a hider. To candle number one, mitzvah. Candle number two, mitzvah, just like the first one, because of Mahadran. And candle number three, mitzvah, just like this, this, the first and second one, because of Mahadran or Mahadran in Mahadran. So again, now I think we can really go back to our Hakira in the beginning, and we can really express it as follows. The question is, this that we have hit a concept of Mahadran. We have multiple candles being lit. Is it that we say, Really, it's only the first candle you fulfill your obligation with. And the other ones are an enhancement. Or is it no? The first candle, just like the first candle you fulfill your obligation, so too Chazal made it that the Mahajan, the Mahajan, and the Mahajan, all the enhancements that you add on, those two are part and parcel of the mitzvah of Hanukkah, so much so that one can even go and ask money from Tzedakah in order to fulfill that obligation. Why? Because it's just like the first candles of mitzvah, so too is the second and the third. And this goes back to our machlokas here between how to look at the hider, how to look at mahadran. If it's just classical hider mitzvah, so we're going to assume 
like in every case, a classical hitter mitzvah. So candle number number one, that's the mitzvah. Candle number two is an enhancement. It's an enhancement. Is that on value? You don't need it. It's not necessary. And therefore, I'm not going to give you money, says Dibir Halacha, called Nechem and Moshe. I'm not going to give you money from communal funds to go and fund your your desire to enhance your mitzvah. It's beautiful you want to do it, but I'm not, we're not going to take money from communal funds for that. And therefore, for candle number three and four and five and number two as well, we're not giving you anything. Where it's going to the Ram, he's like, what are you talking about, Bir Halacha? It's not that I'm taking money for communal funds for an enhancement. I'm taking money for communal funds for Mahadrin, which in and of itself says Chazal, that is part and parcel of the mitzvah of Hanukkah. And just like I have an obligation to light one candle, if I want to light two, that too is my obligation because I'm doing it Mahadrin. And I want to light three, that too is my obligation because I'm doing it Mahadrin in a Mahadrin. So now, I think it's all really beautiful and I hope it's crystallized. The real question we're asking is, what is the status, what is the nature of the Mahadrin candle? Do we look at it as just a nice enhancement? Not necessary, and therefore, if I can't afford it, I don't need it? Or no, not at all. We look at it as, we look at it as part and parcel of the mitzvah of Hanukkah, of the Hanukkah candles, of the menorah, and therefore, I, I, I want to keep Mahadrin, so I have an obligation to keep Mahadrin. You have an obligation to me to ensure I have the money to do Mahadrin. It's the very much part of what it is. So that's Nafkamina number two in this debate. Nafkamina number one was, Who's the hider for? If it's a classical hider mitzvah, so then it's for it's for the world. Whereas if it's if it's its own sui generis mahadrin, so then it's just for me. And even if I have a million candles in the window, like the Rambam, we don't care. Nafkamin number two is that according to the position that's hider mitzvah, like every other hider mitzvah, like Rashi, like Rabbi Nachman, like Tosvos. So then what we're going to say is that what we're going to say is that you can't go and collect money from Zdaka. Where, or you don't have to go collect money from stock. It's probably a better, more precise way of putting it. Whereas if it's, no, it's, it's this is Mahadrin is actually part of the mitzvah of Hanukkah. We look at this as another Ner Hanukkah, another light from Hanukkah. Just like the first one's an obligation, so too now is the second and third, because it's part of the mitzvah of Mahadrin. So then you do collect money from Sadaka. Okay, Naf, Naf Gamina number three. Ner Lener. There is a question the Gemara raises. Can you light Ner Lener? If I have once I lit my candle for the um, for the Hanukkah and let's say my other I, I, I'm like it's the second night or third night of Hanukkah like using the number three, so I light one candle one and two and three and then I notice one gets blown out a kind of common occurrence. Can I then take the candle number two and light candle number one? Is that allowed? So where is this coming from? So I think it's actually part of the broader discussion, although it's not found in the same Simon Shulchan Aruch, of, ha- take, of having Hanah, having benefit from the Hanukkah candles. And this is actually the interaction, when they get the Mishnah Yomi, for those who are following along with that, of Hanukkah and Shabbos. You see as follows. The Gemara tells us that, if you, that wicks and oils that did not provide a steady, bright flame cannot be used for Shabbos candles because we're concerned that someone might start adjusting the flame and playing around with it in order to uh, make the flame steadier or brighter. And then you can run into issues of putting out fire or kindling fire. Comes along with Gemar, what about a Hanukkah candle? So there's various opinions about what type, what can be used in terms of oil and wicks for Hanukkah. And the Gemara wants to know, however, what about Hanukkah that falls out on Shabbos? So the Gemara has machlokas between Rav Huna and Rav Chista about uh, lighting, uh, using inferior wicks on Shabbos Hanukkah. 
And it, what it, the Machlokas hinges upon is as follows. If you believe, says the Gemara, that one is not allowed to have any benefit from the Hanukkah candles, so then you can use an inferior, inferior wick because you're not going to go try to adjust it because why do you care if it's, it's, it's bright or not bright? You're not planning on using it, right? By Shabbos, we do use the Shabbos candles. We, we, we're supposed to use them. They're there for Shalom Bias, which is why Shabbos candles take precedence over, over the Hanukkah candles. But Hanukkah candles, since you're not using them, you have, no, you have no purpose for them, so you're not going to adjust the flame. We're not concerned you're going to go adjust the flame if it starts flickering. However, if you, are, if you hold that you're allowed to have benefit, according to Chista, you're allowed to have benefit from the Hanukkah candles, so then these inferior wicks and oils are not going to be allowed to be used on Shabbos because we're concerned you might go and adjust the flame in order to brighten up your Hanukkah, your menorah, so that you can use the light. What emerges from this Gemara is, according to Rav, who says you're, not, who says you're allowed to use these oils of inferior quality on Shabbos Hanukkah, the reason is because one is not allowed to drive any sort of benefit. Also, Lishtamish Le'orah. One's not allowed to have benefit from the light of the Hanukkah candles. And since you're not allowed to have a benefit from it, so we're not concerned you're going to go adjust the flames. Why are you not allowed to have benefit from it? So there's a, it's a, a multiple way machlokas in the Rishonim. We'll do it very quickly because it's not really the topic of our discussion. Rashi says, Shu nikr shu ner mitzvah Rashi says you need to um if you start if you get benefit from it, so people are gonna think you just you lit a candelabra in order to read your book. And we want to establish and make it clear that it's not here, the menorah is not here for you to benefit from, for you to read your book, excuse me, it's here to mefarsin the nays, to publicize the miracle. So what's the best way to do that? If you light a candle and say, no one's allowed to use it, no one can count their money next to it, no one can even have a conversation next to it. There are those who actually went so far as to say that. Even the Ritva quoted that. But um, we don't pass them that way. But you say you have to stay there on the side and no one can have benefit from it, so that's a clear way. One is making, making a hecker, making it clear that the point of the Hanukkah candle is for the mitzvah and only for the mitzvah. And the Rashba, I believe, asks on this. He's like, how are you uh, making a hecker when it's a Sheva Altasa? I mean, normally you make a hecker, you make it clear when you post a sign, when you do an action. Here, by not doing an action, you can interpret it in a thousand different ways because you you're not saying anything, you're not doing anything. You're refraining from doing anything. It's a Sheva Altasa. So the Rashba doesn't like this. And rather, rather, the Rashba says, the problem is Bizoy Mitzvah, which is what we're going to return to in a minute. The problem is Bizoy Mitzvah. It's, 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 it's uh, a bizillion. It's not nice. It's It's... It's sacrilege to utilize the mitzvah, can, beautiful mitzvah uh, menorah candles to count your money next to. So the Rashba said this is a mitzvah. The uh, Rashi says, no, it's there for a hacker. By the way, the um, idea of a shamish comes into here, and there's a debate about when you light the shamish before or after. This all might be playing to this as well. We're not going to go into that now. Fine. The rush, by the way, has a slightly for- different formulation, and he said to kind of get out of the um, to get out of the Sheval Tase or the Rashba's question. The Rashba again said, "How are you? How is it? He- how is it a hecker? How is it clear and apparent when you're refraining from doing something? Because by refraining from doing something, I can interpret one can interpret that action in a thousand different ways. So how do you know it? Because they want to show Dafka the reason you're not doing anything is because you want to say Persuminisa. So the way the rush formulates it is it's less about." Um, Less about actually serving as a hacker, but more about it will cause people to say, hey, why is that person not using it? Oh, it must be because especially for the nace of Hanukkah. Okay, I think it's the same idea, just slightly, we formulate it a little different to get out of the position of the, the, the question of the Rashba. There are others who point out, I believe the Ron says that um, it's actually patterned after the menorah in the base of Migdash, just like the menorah in the base of Migdash, one can't have benefit from. So to the... Um, so to here, we want to we don't want to have benefit from it, paralleling the fact that in the base Hamigdash, one wasn't allowed to have a hana uh, uh, benefit from the menorah in the, in the base Hamigdash, which is by the way interesting because 
a different scorecard you can keep elsewhere. Are there parallels between the menorah and the base of Migdash and the menorah we do today? I believe there are. There are halachas that definitely overlap. How much does that do and what does that mean? Not for now. Not for our discussion. The third opinion is the Balamar. He says this, I think, in the most extreme way. And he seems to imply it's not that we're trying to show that just like in the base of Migdash you couldn't have benefit. So too here, we don't we don't want to have benefit, but actually it's usr. He says, if you look, what do we say? Haneros halalu kodoshim. They're kodesh. They're sanctified. They're holy. It would be me'ilah. It's a really, he mamish seems to think there's an isser to use the candles. because It's mamish usr. And the Yerach Lamad and the Revolution points this out there. Now, to tie this all together, I think if you hold it as Zecher for the menorah of the base of Migdash, that's why we don't have the uh, you don't, don't have benefit. Or if you hold it to the Balamar in the most extreme formulation, it's Mamish a problem. Or even if you hold it Rashi, it's there for a hecker. So then there's no room ever to utilize the light of the menorah. But if you hold, it's just a bazillion. It's just not, it's not nice. It's it it, it it takes away from the mitzvah. It's, it's um it's improper, it's, it's disrespectful to use the manure of a mitzvah for your own counting money. So then, there are those who point out, I, believe, I think I saw this in the Rashba, but certainly the Torah quotes those who say this, then one would be allowed to use the menorah for mitzvah purposes. Meaning, if the, if the issue is not that we're trying to make a hecker to show that this is different, it's, it's, it's separate because we want to remember the nace, or because it's mamish asr or zecher, that in fact it was asr. But the only problem with using the light is it's a bazillion, it's disrespectful to use the menorah to count your money. Well, then if you utilize the light of the menorah for a good purpose, like learning Torah, for instance, so then there may be room to allow to use it for that mitzvah. In fact, the Shulchan Aruch, if you look there, the Shulchan Aruch says that it's prohibited to use the Hanukkah light um, both on Shabbos and during the weekday. You can't examine coins by it. You can't count them by your light, etc. Even for sacred use, such as to learn by its light. And then he writes, but some, yesh, yesh, some permit to use it for sacred use, for Kodesh use. Where is that coming from? The answer would be because there are those of, are the ones who are of the opinion that the only issue is bizonyon. And it's not considered disrespectful if, it's, uh, if you're, um, if you're uh, doing it for a mitzvah use. Now, Let's go back to our question, and that is, what happens to the nair l'nair? What happens to lighting from one candle to the next? So first of all, to light from one candle to the next, you have to be assuming that there's no bazillion there. Why is no bazillion? Because it's for a mitzvah purpose. Whereas if it's like Rashi, you need a hacker, or if it's like the uh, Balhamar, certainly that there's an Isser of Me'ilah, so then I, I, one can make an argument that this next discussion, this is found in the next Simon and Shulchan Aruch and um, Tuf Reish Lamed Dalit, I believe. One could say this whole this whole simon is null and void. But once you assume it's a, the issue is of bizillion, so then our question of, can you light from Nair Lanair? Again, the, the circumstance is, the scenario is, you have three lights, again, we're just using three as an example, and light number one goes out, can you take light number two and reignite, rekindle light number th- number one? So, are you allowed to? You're not allowed to. Says the Rambam, one's allowed to. Yes, you can. Comes along the Haggadah's Maimani, which is, by the way, usually aligned with Shita's Tosvos, and says, you're allowed to, but you're not allowed to do it from candle one. Meaning to say, let's say I have three lights and number two goes out, I can use number three to light number two, but I can't use number one. Why? Because seemingly it's back to our machlokas here. That if that number one, that's the Iker one the mitzvah was done with. Everything else, according to Agus Maimani, number one's where the Iker mitzvah was done. Everything else is an accoutrement. It's an it's an add-on. It's a it's a hider. Again, but if we're only looking as a hider, the way we classically look at at, at hider in the Torah, like Rashi and Tosfos and Rabbi Hananel, 
So we don't really look at the, the additional candles as part of the mitzvah of Hanukkah. They're an add-on to the mitzvah of Hanukkah. So if, if push comes to shove, if I need to relight one of my candles, I can use it because at the end of the day, there's no real bazillion here. I mean, there's no even there's no problem of, of hecker here. There's no problem even of me'ila here because at the end of the day, these aren't really candles of mitzvah. They're candles of the hider of the mitzvah. But according to the Rambam, as we've been saying all along, who says, no, the Mahadran is totally different. Not in the Mitzvah, but rather the Mahadran transforms your additional candles to become actually bona fide candles of the menorah, of the Mitzvah of Hadlaka. These are, to, it's a transformed candle. So according to the Rambam, then you're allowed to use even, we don't care whether you're using one, two, three, or four. Why? Because we look at them all as part of the, being used for the Mitzvah. There's no difference between candle one and candle eight. And therefore, once we assume that it's nail and nair for mitzvah purposes, and we're going to take this approach of it's not a bazillion because for mitzvah purposes, so we don't care if you use one, two, three, or four because we don't see the difference between one, two, three, and four. Where again, Mahagos Mahani is like, what do you mean no difference? Number one's the mitzvah. Nair is you beso. The rest of them, the rest of them, they're just an add-on. They're an accoutrement. So we want to, we, we differentiate between number one and two, three, and the rest of them. And therefore, if you need to do nail and nair, so do two to eight. But don't use number one because that's the Iker mitzvah. The Rambam's like, there's no Iker Mitzvah here. The Iker Mitzvah is lighting one through eight. Mahadran, Mina, Mahadran. So that's Nafkamina number three. Nafkamina number four. Moving right along over here. Says the uh, classic discussion, which candle do we light first? So the assumption, of course, to everyone, the Shulchan Aruch, quotes this, this is most of them, is we light the new candle first. So on, on night number three, we're lighting number three and working our way three, two, one. According to the Gra, always write light Candle number one. Why? So he says as follows. Don't put aside the Iker Mitzvah for the Hidr. Woo! Don't put aside the Iker Mitzvah for the Hidr. What's he saying? He's saying, like we've been saying all like along according to Rashi and Rebbein Hanano, that it's not that we're transforming all the Mahajim, Mahajim, and Mahajim. No. Those are just Hidr Mitzvah. And they're nice. And we're beautiful. And we're so proud of you that you're doing them, but ultimately, what's the mitzvah? The mitzvah is candle number one. Everything after that, that's not candles of Hanukkah. Those are candles of Hidr for the Hanukkah candle. So when it comes, when you have to light them, don't make the bracha on the Hidr. Make the bracha on mitzvah number, on the actual bona fide mitzvah of Nehru candle number one. Whereas according to everyone else, well, I mean, everyone else, obviously, but according to the other side of this is the reason we light candle number three and make the bracha on candle number three is because we don't see difference between candle number three and candle number one all of them are part of the mitzvah of Hanukkah moving right along again I think we'll go a little fast now because it's taking quite a long time nafgamina number five what happens if you only have one candle and afterwards you get a hold of a second candle so can you make a bracha on the second candle meaning to say I make a bracha on candle number one and I light it. I'm like, okay, this year all I can do is narrow Shabeso. And then comes along, I don't know, knock on the door, and someone goes, look, I have a new box of candles. Can you make a bracha on the second and third candle? Meaning to say, and this is, I think, gets down to the, this gets down really to the root of the crux of it. Do we look at, can you make a bracha on the hinder and only on the hinder? That's the question. That's really, I think, the best way to say it. I probably should have started this way. We have eight candles, can, the actual mitzvah seeming is Meirusha Beisla, candle number one. How do we look at candles two through eight? Do we look at them as actual part of the mitzvah? Or no, they're just they're just an accoutrement, they're an add-on. 
And how, how would I, what we have, Nafkamina? It says, Nafkamina number five, can you make a bracha on the hider? Well, the question you're going to point out is, when are you going to only make a bracha on the hider? And the answer is our scenario. When you, you, you light a candle, number one, you only have candle number one, so you make the bracha, and then only afterwards, subsequent to that, you get a hold of another box of candles. So the Mogan of Ram actually says, you can make the bracha on the hider. You can make the bracha on candle number two, three, and four that you get subsequent to lighting and make the bracha on candle number one. Why is that? Because seemingly the Mugan of Ram would say, like the Rambam, our best friend, the Rambam, like the Rambam, that we look at the Hidr as transformed to be part of the Mahajan or part and parcel of the Mitzvah of Hanukkah. And they have an obligation now to light four or five or six candles, not just light one candle and an add-on if you have it, but to light five, six, or seven candles. Now you should know that there's a Grizz, the Briskarov, didn't exactly love this one, but we're not going to get into that because it's way later than I thought, take a lot, way longer than I thought. Okay. Next, Nafkamina number six. This one is a, a famous one. Rebekah Eger asked the following. What happens if you light candle? It's a, it's a similar halach as the previous one, but a little, okay, fine. You light candle number one, and you light candle, let's say, number two. Why not? You get to candle number three, like, oh, you I never made the bracha. I forgot to make a bracha. It happens. Says Rebekah Eger, you're allowed to make the bracha. And he gives three reasons, and then we'll give the fourth. Number Reason number one is, one can make an argument that so long as... The candles are still lit, and we know the candles have to be lit for a half hour, the mysterious half hour, which we're not going to discuss now. So as long as they're still lit, so then it's as if the mitzvah is ongoing, so you can make the bracha now on three, on candle number three, even though you forgot to make on candle number one, because, look, the mitzvah is still ongoing. It happens to be there's a Pnei Yeshua that thinks the second you light, then you're done. The mitzvah's over, now you just have to wait a half hour in order to put them out. Let's not discuss the Rav Kivager found in Shabbos. So, so excuse me, the Pnei Yeshua found in Shabbos. Rebekah Eger says that the reason you're allowed to make the bracha is three reasons. On the, even though you forgot to make it on the first candle, when you light the third candle now, you can make the bracha. Again, the previous case was, was it's hours later we get a hold of a second candle. Here you're lighting your menorah. You have them all set up. You have all six candles set up. You get to number three. You're like, oh, wait, I forgot to make the bracha. You can make the bracha because the mitzvah is still ongoing because you have a half hour that's supposed to be lit. Number two is he said some say you're allowed to make a bracha on hinder mitzvah. Number three, he says, some say you can make a bracha over la siyasa when it's a birchas on mitzvah. What does that mean? So the halacha is that mitzvah, the brachas have to be made prior to an action being performed. And so much so, the shach, or shach, this found of quoting, says that when it comes to birchas on mitzvah, just like by food, once you eat your food and you finish, you can't make the bracha anymore. You, you can't make a, I can't make a hate on an apple if the apple's no longer ever finished it. The shach, or shach, the quotes narrative tzvi says, the same by bir, in shachs representing many opinions, that once you finish your mitzvah, you can't make the bracha anymore. So if I shake lulav and put it down, like, oh, you give out. I, made the, I, I, I didn't make a bracha. Too late. Well, says Rav Eger, there are those who disagree with this, and we, and we can rely, put these three opinions together, these three ideas together. Number one, the mitzvah is still ongoing. Number two, that you can make a bracha according to someone hit a mitzvah. Number three, there are others who say, no, you, even if you can't make a bracha and hit a mitzvah, but at least you can make a bracha, mirchaz mitzvah over lasayasun, put it all together. He allows one who forgets to make a bracha on the first candle to make it on the second or third or fourth candle, etc. Says the Rav, no, just go back to our classic Chakira. He says, according to the Rambam, this is no din in Hidr Mitzvah. This is a transformed Mahadrin. There's a new Chevsa. The, 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 the Lashon of the Rav is that 
The Mahajan makes the candle a Chefsa Shal Ner Each candle, each additional candle, is not just an accoutrement, it's not an Adnan, it in and of itself is part of the mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah. And just like I have an obligation to make a bracha and light one, I have an obligation to make a bracha and light two, and three, and four. It just happens to be that once I make the bracha on one, and now I'm, so I'm immediately going to light three, four, five, and six, so I, I don't need to make a separate bracha. But in the event, like in our case, you forget to make it on one, so make it on two, make it on three, make it on four. Rabbi Rucham Olshin has a different idea, which we're not going to get into, but he based off an Abu Jaram, he just says that it could be that the bracha of the mitzvah to light uh, to to uh, light the candles is part of the actual takana of candles. Normally, we say the bracha separate. There's a bracha, you're supposed to ask God, let's say, for permission to perform a mitzvah, and then you perform the mitzvah. But it could be when Chazal were attacking the mitzvah the, to light Hanukkah candles. Part of that was also to make the bracha as well. Why that is? So that actually might be similar to what we're going to say now for Nafkamina number six, uh, seven, I believe, for keeping true score. So again, we have many Nafkaminas. Number seven was. When do you say Haneros Halalu? The, the Shulchan Aruch says in Tof Resh, I and Dalid, Dalid, that after the Hidlik Omer Haneros Halalu, after you you uh, light, say the Piyot of Haneros Halalu, on you at Lika Al Chuz Val Nesim Val Neflos, and he says on the I'm kindling these lights to run us in the miracle and the Nisim etc etc. This is by the way one of the oldest Piyot that we have. This goes back as already recorded in Masechet Sofrim, not Gemara. But um, but subs- a little subsequent to that, says says the um the uh, the says the uh, Shulchan Aruch when you say it, seemingly after you candle the lights. However, the Taz quotes a Marshal and says, "No, you should act the second you light candle number one, even though it's it's night number six. You light candle number one." That's when you should start saying Haneris Halolo. And he said you can elongate it and make it take longer until when you finish lighting all the lights, that's when you can complete the recitation of the period of Haneris Halolo. But again, the Taz is calling the Marshal that um, you should say Haneris Halolo after you light the first light. Whereas the Shulchan Aruch seems to imply, no, light it, and this is not like him she does so, but light it after you, um, only after you, uh, I just lost my train of thought there. The Shulchan Aruch is only after you complete lighting all the lights. What's going on here? So again, it could be our very Machlokas. According to the Marshal, he's going to say, once you light candle number one, now you have completed and finished the mitzvah. Neres Shabezo, so now you should start saying Haneris Halalu. Where it says the, uh, the, uh, the, the uh, Shulchan Aruch, no, Haneris Halalu is only when you finish lighting the, the mandated required amount of lights, which is according to the Rambam, all of them, all of them are considered a chavzishal mitzvah, and therefore you have to let all of them, not just one, but all of them are part of the mitzvah. It's not a din in Hidr, like in all of the Torah, but rather it's a special din of Mahadrin. Now you may be thinking, okay, nice, it's a nice piyot. What's so important? Sir Salvechik said, and I, I heard this from Rev. Aaron Silver, my Rebbe, when I was in Karambiyavna, that part of the Etzem mitzvah, part of the mitzvah of kindling the lights is to say Haneris Halalo. That's not just a nice people, but you actually, in order to fulfill your obligation in the most optimal way, you have to say an Eretz Why is that? So it seems to be that when it comes to pursuing Nisa, you need to, ha- to have a text of some sort in order to properly publicize, uh, publicize what's happening, the, the nace, the miracle that occurred. It's not just enough to, to demonstrate, but you have to publicize it. So on, on the three cases when pursuing Nisa shows up, Megillah, uh, well, uh, on Purim, we have Megillah, clear text. On Pesach, we have the Haggadah for the Arbakosos, or you have the Bracha of Asher Ga'alnu. So there again, you have a clear text, which is, uh, which is publicizing the miracle. When it comes to Hanukkah, where's your text? So Rabbi Silver quoted from his Rebbe, Rabbi Salavechik, that the text is, and there is a Lalu. That, that's why it's such an old text. Where, where, part of the 
kindling of the lights is again it's pursuing Nisa. And how do you fulfill the pursuing Nisa? It's by saying Haneris Halalu. So now that we have this new appreciation for Haneris Halalu, that's part of the mitzvah. You have to say a text, you have to utter something in order to properly say pursuing to do pursuing Nisa. The Bible says a miracle. So now the question really comes down. So when exactly should you do so? Says the Marshal, the second you light the candles. The second you do your mitzvah of Halakas Neros, start saying Haneris Halalu, publicizing it. And when is that? When you light one candle, Neros Yubeso. Everything else, oh, you're still light three or four or five more candles? Ah, that's just a hider. The same way you're supposed to have a beautiful estrog, you have a beautiful, you beautify the mitzvah of, 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 of Hanukkah. But at the end of the day, when's the actual etzah mitzvah of, of, of Hadlakas Neros happening? Neros Shabbat, just that one candle, and therefore immediately when you finish it, you have to publicize it, say Haneros Halalo. Whereas according to the Shulchan Aruch, Haneros Halvechik, what are you talking about? Look at the Rambam! What does the Rambam tell us? The Rambam says that the each candle that you write from a hadron, that's part of the chefs of Ner Hanukkah. That itself takes on a property of being its own, a, 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 a Ner Hanukkah. It's not that it's just a nice accompaniment, but the Mahadrin by Ner Hanukkah is its own unique category, and therefore you you only will say the Haneris Halalu when you finish doing the mitzvah. What's the mitzvah? Not one light. We redefined it through Mahadrin to being three, four, five, whatever night of Hanukkah it is. Okay, let's do Nafkamita number eight, and we'll finish up with uh, two more, I believe. Or, yeah, let's do well, let's a couple more. Nafkamita number eight is that the Gemara tells us that even though we go through the Bamemet Likin, there are multiple different types of oils you can use. Shemen Zayis is preferred, or olive oil is preferred. Says the Shvus Yaakov, what if olive oil is very expensive and you can only procure it for one candle? He says, very simple. The it's better to light one candle with olive oil and use the rest wax because at least you perform the Iker Mitzvah, he says, when you are with, with olive oil. This is if Silver, if Silverman brings this down. Says Rav Silverman, very very clear what's going on here. <laughs> the Shavuz Yaakov is of the opinion that the first candle, and only the first candle, is the mitzvah. Everything else is just a hider, like in all other hider in the Torah, and they're just a nice accompaniment, but they're not actually part of the mitzvah of Hanukkah. Whereas, according to... Uh, uh, according to others, the Rambam will say, "No, what are you talking about? It's all olive oil. It's all olive oil. Nothing, none's olive oil. There's no. We're not prioritizing one candle over the rest of them. Once we establish a hidden mitzvah by Hanukkah, is a din mehadrin, not a din hidden like the rest of the Torah. So then, so then, we're going to have to say use uh, use olive oil for all of them or for none of them. Navkamina number nine, birchas haroe. I think we're going to conclude with this one. The Gemara and Sukkah tells us that someone who's walking down the road and sees a Hanukkah, sees a menorah, excuse me, a Hanukkah, menorah, they have to make the bracha of Sha'as Nisim Lavoseinu. That's a concept called Birchas Haroah. It doesn't apply to other areas of Allah, and the question is why? What's different about the menorah that we say you make a bracha when you see it? It seems like there's two ways to say it. There's two, 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 two understandings of what it is. Either the, the reason they were attacking Birchas Haroah is because not everyone has a house, and therefore, not everyone has, has, a, has a menorah. So in order to allow those who don't have a menorah to still fulfill their obligation of celebrating the miracle of Hanukkah, we said that so long as you see a menorah, you can make the bracha as well. Um, other, another way, perhaps, is the reason this birchas is it's part of the pursuing Nisa, that we want to enhance the pursuing Nisa by publicizing it, so we say you make a bracha even when you see it. The question is as follows. So what's the birchas It's not some new bracha of, you know, al menorah. Rather, it's the same old bracha. Oh, us nisim So you're you're saying whether you see the menorah or you're kindling it. So then the question everyone asks is: So what exactly is the nature of shas nisim lavaseinu? Is it a birchas aroa for everyone? Whether I'm seeing your menorah or my menorah, 
And why do I make it when I see my menorah? Because I see my menorah. So after I see my menorah, I say I make a beer because of raw my menorah, just like I make it in your menorah. Or no, perhaps it's, it's there's actually two different types of brachas of shas nisim. There's a shas nisim you make when you see someone's menorah, and there's also a shas nisim I make as a beer because mitzvah as part of the mitzvah of the mitzvah of partaking uh, as part of partaking in the mitzvah of lighting menorah. I say. And then I, additionally, I say, It's part of the Birchasa Mitzvah. So, what's the question? The question then is as follows. A lot of questions here. If you tell me it's a Birchasa Haroe, um, if you tell me it's two different obligations for me or for you, if for me it's a Birchasa Mitzvah, and for you it's a Birchasa Haroe, things are good and well. But what if I make an argument that actually it's both? That it, 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 it's both properties. It's both. From, when I make the bracha, it's a both both a birchos aroa because I'm seeing my menorah. It's also a birchos a mitzvah. So that that would mean as follows. This is a real brisker chumrah. That it's better to make the bracha of shas nisim on my own menorah when I'm then combining both qualities of the birchos aroa of the, of shas nisim. Excuse me. Both qualities of I'm seeing my menorah and it's a birchos a mitzvah because I'm lighting and kindling my menorah. Then to make the bracha in the street. So in the event that you're walking home. And there's a possibility you may see someone else's menorah. Rav Chaim Salavich would actually keep his head down so he wouldn't have to make the birchas aroa, and then he couldn't make the bracha on his own menorah. He wanted to fulfill the bracha in its optimal way by combining both qualities of a birchas aroa and a birchas hamitzvah. Okay, that's all nice, good, and well. Now, here's the thing as follows Says Jeremy Salavich, if you want to put this all together, this will, just, this will wrap it all up. If you assume it's a birchas aroa, so when should you make in your home? Your home. Now that you're walking through the street, when then you make the when should you make the shas nisim lavasenu? Only after you kindle the your Hanukkah candles. Whereas if it's a birchas mitzvah, you must make them beforehand because of overlasiyason. So what do you do? Is it a birchas mitzvah? Is it a birchas roa? They seem to be a tarit disaster. They seem to be a stira. They're conflicting with each other. A birchas roa happens afterwards. A birchas mitzvah happens beforehand. By the way, analogous to uh, perhaps the nair on Friday on, on Moti Shabbos. That's why some people might pick their hands up to look before they uh, make the bracha. Okay. Similar. Not not the same. Therefore, says Rabbi Salavichik, you know what my father and grandfather would do? On the second night of Hanukkah, they would make the bracha of Halak Nero Shul Hanukkah. They'd light the first candle. And afterwards, they'd make the bracha of Nisim when they saw the first candle. Following that, they would go and light the rest of the menorah. Following that, they'd go and light the rest of the menorah. <clears throat> and what what happens here? So now because you basically they, they they figured it all out. It works out beautifully. If it's a birchas mitzvah, so now they're still lighting three, four, five, or six more candles. If it's a birchas aroas, so they're making on the first candle. All is good and well. Zokter beisalavichik, but this only works out if you take the lumdus of the Rambam. Meaning to say, if you assume that the rest of the candles, there's a mitzvah to light them the same way there's a mitzvah to light the first one. There's no difference between candle number one, two, three, or four. So then it, it's all good and well that. Hadron is its own unique din that it transforms all the additional candles to be their own mitzvah. So therefore, it's still a birch is a mitzvah because I'm lighting candle number three, four, five. But if you hold like the Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam and all the other people on that side of the camp who think that it's not that we're transforming the Mahadrin, rather just a din and hiddur, so then once I light candle number one, I can't make the bracha, a birch is a mitzvah anymore on, on candle number two or three because the mitzvah's done. It's over. So it has to be that Rav Chaim is holding that can number two and can number three. The reason I can make a birchas mitzvah is because those two are a chef mitzvah. They've been transformed. And therefore, the way to look at Mahajid according to this 
is that it transforms it. So what do we have with all this? I'm not going to recap everything because there was a lot. And this is sure we went a lot longer than I thought. But we want to know what's the nature of Mahadran. Does Mahadran transform the additional candles to make them their own part of the mitzvah of Hanukkah? Or it's just no, it's an addition like every other case of Hidr mitzvah. And we gave many nafkaminas. We said that perhaps the Machlokas, the Rambam and Tos was about having multiple can- menorahs in the window versus one menorah. That was one nafkamina. We discussed as well that the um do, are, is one allowed to or can one go to tzedakah to collect money for the additional candles according to rambam yes you should because those two are part of the mitzvah of hanukkah whereas according to rashi and others no and then the berlacha quotes this no because the additional candles that's just a hidden mitzvah but it's not a there's no actual mitzvah it's just part of the other mitzvah and therefore just do the bare minimum whereas rambam would no the bare minimum is to do mahajim and mahajim once you do mahajim and mahajim it's to do mahajim and mahajim number number three is ner l'ner where we said that if you hold that only the first mit- only the first candle is the actual mitzvah, so you can't light from the first candle to the rest of the candle, like the, like the uh, Haggadah Maimoni, whereas according to Rambam, there's no difference in candle one, two, three, or four. We discussed as well the uh, nafkamina of which candle to light first. The Gras says, don't pass, don't make a bracha and pass over the Iker mitzvah for the Hidr, whereas we say no. Nafkamina number five is, what if you have candle one? And only afterwards you get a hold of candle two. Can you make a bracha on it? The Magad of Ram said yes, because the Magad of Ram seems to think you can make a bracha on the hinder because it's, it's part of the mitzvah of Hanukkah. What if you only forgot to make a bracha until after the first candle? Rikiv Eger has three reasons why you could do it. The Rav said, I don't need the Rikiv Eger's three reasons. Mechilos Kvodo, it's part of the Chefs of Ner Hanukkah. Now, number six was an Eres Halalu. Rabbi Salvage said it's part, of, part and parcel of the Gezeira. Or of the Takana, excuse me, of, of Menorah, was to say, Haneris Halalu, you have to say, Dibra Pat, and fires in the Nays? And when should you say that? The Taz quoted the Marshal, say it after the first candle, because that's the Ikram Nays, that's the Ikram uh, Mitzvah. And the, the Rav said no. Or based on the Rambam, uh, in the Shulchan Aruch, say it at the end of all of them, because all that is all, at the end of all the lights, because those are all our Mepharis and Nays just as well. We had another Navkamina from the Swiss Yaakov. The Swiss Yaakov said if you only have enough oil for one candle, so the, the Iker Mitzvah, right with, right with Shem and Zayas, the rest right with wax. And we said that according to Ram, that would make no sense. Birchas Haroe, which is our, 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 we'll stop here after Birchas Haroe, and that was. According to Rav Chaim, he would only make Chos and Nisim after he lit one candle. And that would only make sense if you still assume it's not, it's over Las Yosin, it's before, prior to performing the additional mitzvah of lighting three, four, five, and six, two, three, four, five, and six. Whereas if you hold it, Rashi and Tosfus and everyone else, was Yaakov and everyone else, then no, the Iker mitzvah is only the first candle, so it wouldn't be, it would, now it would be over Las Yosin and you would have a problem. I wish you all a great night, and I hope this was exciting and enjoyable and impactful.